Madison. Oh, it's so good. Back post and Payne gives Martin Madison the one to their lead. Enjoy this moment, Stephen Payne. The pink men don't quit. What is up, Flock and friends? It is I, your host, Rob Chappell, with another special off-season edition of Talkin' Flock, your full Mingo podcast. Uh, we are just um, through. We've just finished up with the team town hall, uh, the preseason town hall with Connor Kaloya and um, and head coach Matt Glazer. Uh, I've got the entire audio of that. It's about an hour, a little less than an hour. Um. And uh, I'll just I'll kick to that in a minute and just let you listen in if you weren't able to uh, be there or to tune in online. They did stream it for folks, um, but uh, give it a listen. Uh, there were several questions taken from the audience that you can't really hear, so you'll have to infer what the question was <laughs> from the answer. There just wasn't a good way to get microphones uh, to people, uh, but you'll get a good sense of what's of what's happened with the club. There's some talk about the community impact from last year, which is, uh, you know, super important for this club. Uh, there's talk about open cup, about league cup, about the roster, about friendly, um, the, the preseason friendlies and stuff. A couple things I just wanted to, um, kind of flag for you. Um, if you don't want to listen to the entire thing or if you do, but just want to know, like, here's what you're listening for. These are the things that kind of jumped out to me. And I'd be curious um, if you want to leave us a note or comment um, or email us talkingflock at gmail.com and uh, give us your thoughts about you know, the things that sort of jumped out to you. But a couple things that jumped out to me, especially related to the roster, right? We're right in that roster building period uh, where they've got um, only two guys left that they've signed but not announced. We'll get to those in a minute. Um, but uh, when when we signed Jimmy Villalobos on a year-long loan from Knoxville um, earlier this week, I put in the newsletter that this is a clear signal that, that Matt is not only building an ex- a roster full of experience, but of League One experience. Um, Juan Galindrez, Devin Boyce, um, Sharif Jay, not to mention everybody who's returning from Madison, Clearly, it seemed to me that Matt was putting a premium on League One experience. So I did ask him about that at the town hall, uh, and he confirmed my suspicion that it's absolutely intentional, strategic, that League One is a specific kind of league, right? There's a specific style of play. There's a specific rhythm to it. There's The, it, the, the travel is weird. Like the, the, um, the travel requirements in League One are just different. Than in championship or a lot of other leagues, um, the 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 mix of experienced guys versus up and coming guys versus guys that are tailing toward the end of their career is just different. Um, so you put a lot of a premium on not so much getting the hot young professional, you know, the hot kid on his first professional contract, but on people who've been playing this game for a while, and not only that, but in this league which I think is not an approach that a lot of other teams are taking. And that's, that's really, um, I like it. Um, not only is it, you know, you, they've proven themselves in this league. Oh yeah. We'll also, also say these are guys who have su- experience with success in this league, right? We've got guys that have championships of league one under their belt. Um, so I'm, I'm happy about that. 
uh, I think that's a good approach. Uh, and it, it's guys who know Madison, right, who who want to come play here because they know the environment's good, the, the coaching staff is professional, the fans are great, um, and um, and it's guys that Matt knows, right, and, and knows how they play, knows has played against them, they've played against Devin Boyce, they've played against um, Sharif Jay, they've played against Jimmy Villalobos, Juan Galindres, um, and uh, so they... These are familiar faces, right? And uh, as Connor mentioned, that makes the team cohesion quicker, potentially. you got three guys, uh, Timmy Mel and um, Juan Galindres and Jimmy Villalobos, who are all teammates in Chattanooga two years ago. So they know each other. Like The, the cohesion is going to be quicker and better and easier. Um, so I like that. The other thing Matt said, just to kind of flag, is uh, basically – Everybody that they wanted to come back came back, except those guys who were trying to make the jump to a higher level, which Matt said you can't fault guys for that. Uh, so the, the the most recent example of that is Pierre de Silva, who I think Matt would have loved to have back. Uh, he was such a he made a real impact when he joined the team halfway through the season. But he's in the. He's got a chance to play top flight football in Peru, so he took that chance. Um, now, a couple of things you can infer from that. Um, well, we know Sam Brotherton retired. The other bit of news from this event was that Andrew Wheeler Amanu has also retired, um, which is something we we suspected might have been happening. There was no public announcement. Matt mentioned it at the town hall. He mentioned specifically that Devin Boyce is kind of going to step into the Andrew Wheeler Romano role, the sort of the double pivot number eight slash six role. Um, I, I'm not shocked to hear that Wheeler's retired. Um, <laughs> at the very beginning of last season, you may remember I had him on the show, and I asked him about, you know, do, you, do guys who play soccer professionally enjoy watching soccer? And he said, oh, yeah, I love watching soccer. But and then he got a little bit pensive about it. And I said, no, but I, I'm enjoying it less than I used to. And just the way he kind of looked as he thought about that and said that, I, I was like, oh, okay, this guy's, this guy's going to hang it up before too long. Which is, you know, it's getting to be in his 30s almost. If he's not 30 yet, he will be very soon. He's been playing this game a long time. And he has a degree from Harvard, so he's got plenty to do. Um, uh, but also with that, what you can infer from that is that uh, Chela Martinez might be looking to make a step up. Uh, we ha- we haven't heard any announcement about him being signed anywhere, but I wouldn't be shocked to hear that he'd signed with a championship club or uh, or higher level club somewhere else in the world. Um, and also that uh, Jaden Onan, for whatever reason. I, I thought he was a terrific player. He was a terrific on-the-field contributor, especially toward the end of the season. Um, but he signed with another League One club, which means uh, he's one that, that this coaching staff did not offer to, to retain. So there, must, there, you know, there may have been some off-the-field issues uh, there. So that's the roster. Um, we did hint, He did hint at two other... Signings that have that he signed but hasn't yet um, 
announced, which will be announced shortly. Uh, one is a South American midfielder, and I have no idea who that would be. Um, I have, I, I literally have not heard rumors of names. I've heard rumors that it's a big signing. So I'm excited to hear who that is and, and what he's going to bring. Uh, the other one he mentioned that is signed but not announced yet, he said is somebody with championship experience as well as who has also been a League One captain who has al- is also a, a, an outside back. It's like a wing back like a Stephen Payne or Garrett Gar- Gebhardt. And um, looking around a little bit, the only guy I can find who kind of fits that profile, and I don't this is I don't know this for sure, so, so this is pure speculation on my part, but uh, it's Faraday Souza, who's a ton of experience. He's 33 years old. He's an older guy. He uh, spent the last two seasons with Sacramento, uh, mostly on, on the bench. He, he spent two seasons with Omaha. He had 40 appearances. He was captain with Omaha. Those were kind of his best, most recent seasons. Uh, he went to Sacramento Republic in the championship. Um, appeared in 19 games in 2022 and just seven games last year. And I don't, I don't know. I, I wasn't following him, so I don't know if he's injured or if he just wasn't used that much. He was used a lot more toward the end of the season last year. Played well. I mean, did you know his stats are good? Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if that ends up being one of our last two signings. Um, again, I don't. This speculation. Um, it's just you know, given the clues Matt gave us. It's a little, <laughs> a little bit of a slew thing on my part. Um, but we will have that, and we will not break an embargo when they decide to announce it. Um, we also talked about the, the preseason. We know that, that the uh, last year, Matt, they signed about 20 guys to start the season. Um, usually there's around 23, 24 guys on the team. Um, we have 20 so far, and he's only going to add one or two more, it sounds like. So there's going to be about five or six guys who are still trialing during the preseason. There was a lot more than that last year. When we we went to the Marquette friendly last year and like half the team was still trialists. So there's only going to be five or six guys competing for one or two spots on the roster. And those spots are going to be at a premium partly because we have nobody on the roster who's being paid the league minimum. Like we're we're spending on the roster, folks. Like this is they're they're they want to win this this time around. Um, we know the four preseason friendlies are going to be three MLS next pro teams: uh, Minnesota United, Chicago Fire two, and um, St. Louis City two. Ostensibly third division, the same as we are, but slightly. Probably higher in terms of in, in often in many measures. Uh, they might have some MLS first team guys training with them and playing in those friendlies. Uh, and then the, the the third of the four games is going to be at Indy Eleven, which is the USL Championship team. All of these are going to be away. Uh, all of them will be closed door, which is the decision of the host. We can't host. A preseason friendly in Madison. We don't have a facility to do that in February, uh, so we got to kind of play by the rules of where we're going. Um, it is intentional that there are no college teams. Um, Matt is trying to challenge his roster and, and make guys have the guys prove themselves. 
which I think is good. Um, I did uh, the last thing I want to mention before we get into the audio here is the uh, U.S. Open, uh, the U.S.L. League One Cup. Uh, it's a competition that I was not sold on at first. I've grown more positive about it as I've thought about it because because of, of what it can do in terms of balancing the league schedule. Um, but I, I kind of asked Matt what you know how this new format, how the the new league schedule versus the cup schedule will change his approach or affect his approach to the roster decisions in the season and preparation. And he got a this really funny grin on his face. Like you could tell like, th- that that's the stuff he loves to think about. Like, how am I going to strategically put the chess pieces in the right places on the board to make this work? And, and as you'll hear, uh, he, um, he wants to win it. Like he's going to take it seriously. He's not going to rotate a lot, uh, unless toward the, you know, if the games, the later games in that group stage become less meaningful. Uh, either because they've got it sewn up or because they've they're already eliminated <laughs> um but uh, the, he 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 thinks they can win it and he's going to try to and I kind of feel like they can win it too I think the two the two rosters in this league that have gotten noticeably better in this off season are Madison and Lexington and I'm not going to say anything about Lexington except that they are going all in. I think they, they must have put in an offer to just buy the championship of the league, and, and the league said, no, you can't do that. So they said, okay, we're going to spend all that money on players because they got some big names, folks. Um, but I'll let Matt, during the town hall, listen for that, listen for what he says about Lexington. Um, all right, that's all I have for you. Those are the things that jumped out to me. Uh, enjoy the, uh, this conversation. There's, there's some other stuff, stuff about the women's team. Uh, stuff about the community impacts of the club. Uh, thank you to Connor and to Matt for doing this and to inviting us in. We probably, there were probably about 50 people there at the Forward Club um, listening in and asking really good questions. Um, I don't know how many people were watching online, uh, but also thanks to Kyler and Kylie and uh, Noah from the front office for helping put all that together. Uh, so I'll just have um, a couple of closing thoughts on the other side. Here you go, Forward Madison Town Hall. All right, uh, it's great to have everybody here. We're excited uh, for uh, a preseason town hall. Just uh, what a week and a couple days. Uh, players will be here, so uh, the 2024 season is upon us. Um, I want to thank everybody for uh, joining us here in person. Great turnout tonight and uh, good energy. Uh, and excited to have a whole bunch of people uh, online as well. A um, couple things. We're gonna uh, we'll get to questions and, and uh, welcome your questions. Excited to chat with you. Uh, but we do want to talk about a couple things in advance uh, tonight. So we, we uh, uh, today or, or later tonight, we'll be re- rolling out a community impact report, just kind of uh, sharing all the things that, as a club, we've done um, in the community over the past year. And, and I say as a club, but it's really you guys. You, you guys are the ones driving us, pushing us, working with us to, to make sure we're having a positive impact to the community off the pitch. And so we're going to talk a little bit, just briefly, have some highlights of that community impact report. Uh, we're going to uh, unveil our preseason schedule uh, and talk about our preseason matches, um, give some roster updates, and then dive into your questions. So uh, uh, without any further ado, Matt, we'll, we'll, we'll head into it. I want to first recognize um, Kyler Donovan for putting this report together. Kyler leads our community uh, efforts, uh, charitable efforts, and Kylie Wunschel handles all of our appearances. 
I want to recognize them and, and everything they've done to put this together and everything we're doing in the community. We'll go quickly on this, and Kyler, if you want to hop right in. Um, but uh, just a, a couple pieces here. We, I think in the past year, we did more than ever from uh, reaching different organizations, making sure that we're working with different groups. Um, you know, uh, we do a lot with the flock. The, the flock is a great partner. One dollar for every ticket uh, purchased in the flock end goes to the flock soccer fund. And the flock soccer fund then in turn does a lot of great things in the community, whether it be with Millennium Soccer, um, Cap East, uh, or, you know, the Wisconsin Warriors. Um, but here's just a, a sample of, of a few different things that we did to, to have a community impact. And, and I'm just going to high level this and then, you know, you, you can, when you're trying to sleep tonight, you can re read the report later. Um, but uh, we, we've had a great thing going for Pride Month. Our, our team does a nice job on the merchandise front, uh, raised over $5,500 for local causes, uh, you know, outreach LGBTQ plus. Um, it, it's been a great partner. We did an Earth Day promotion, a, a special line of Earth Day merchandise this year. Uh, we started a new partnership with the Disabled American Veterans of the Wisconsin chapter of the DAV. They're a great partner um, and, and raised a couple thousand dollars through a uh, auction uh, raffle. And we're going to be doing more custom stuff with them this year. Um, a significant donation to the flock. And as I, as I said, they do a lot of great things in the local soccer community. And then uh, a really cool custom uh, baseball jersey with uh, the Labarra folks for Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, so, uh, while we're going to talk about a lot of the cool things we've done, that, that was uh, it's Matt, Matt and I at our best there. Uh, thanks, Kyler, for putting those in the, in the um, yeah, Zach, we weren't allowed to put in there. That wasn't, we, we, this is a PG-13 publication. It didn't quite make it. But, um, but uh, speaking of uh, community efforts, and, and yes, this is what the club does, but like I said, it, you know, when we're doing these fundraisers, it, it's your dollars supporting these things. It, we're a greater community here working together to impact and do positive things in the community. Uh, speaking of fundraisers, the Polar Plunge coming up in just a few weeks. What's the date on that, Kyler? 19th. February 17th. Uh, yeah, we have an exhibition match the day before. Uh, February 17th. Um, at your tables tonight, you can donate. Um, we're trying to raise some money for that. Uh, it all goes to Special Olympics Wisconsin. We, we've got a great relationship with Special Olympics Wisconsin um, because of, uh, you know, in part to the Unified Series that we've done here. Um, so please, uh, please scan your QR codes. Please donate. We have uh, really cool uh, auction items uh, or are they auction or raffle? Auction, auction items. Um, so please sign up for those. <coughs> And uh, everything we're going to raise tonight goes to uh, our Polar Plunge team. And if anybody in the crowd would like to join us, we'd love to have you. A um, couple other things quickly just to run through. Um, good to raise some money for the community, but we want to engage and be involved in the community as well. In a new program this year with Exact Sciences, uh, Exact Sciences partnered and sponsored all of our community events this past year. Every game, they donated 20 tickets to a local nonprofit. Uh, and then our players, uh, our players appeared in more than 135 community appearances, whether it be um, at the UW Children's Hospital, uh, you know, reading books, doing the complimentary uh, clinics and camps. But uh, our players are required as part of their contract to do a certain amount of community appearances. And Matt did a great job with the guys getting them out there 135 times, 135 individual different appearances in this past year. Um, I mentioned the Unified Series. This has become, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't want to say a lot of good things or thank our friends in Omaha for, for much, 
But I, I do want to, you, you know, go back and thank Omaha for, um, you know, bringing up this concept and, and looking for an opponent a couple years back to, to, to play in a unified series. And we, luckily, the Special Olympics of Wisconsin stepped right up. Um, and so we've got a great rivalry going uh, with the Omaha folks. Also played uh, a Chicago team as well, and we'll continue uh, kind of that tradition now this, uh, this coming year. So uh, really great program, really good partnership we have with the, the Special Olympics of Wisconsin. Of course, Polar Plunge benefits the Special Olympics of Wisconsin. So just all in, um, <clears throat> and I'd encourage you to kind of read more about it, but, but all in, uh, you know, $13,000 donated to the, soc the Flock Soccer Foundation. Um, another $30,000 in kind of various community uh, initiatives that, that we do with our partners. So, you know, it's a little over $45,000 uh, in cash donated to local causes, 135-plus community appearances, and, and all in 80-plus community organizations benefited or were somehow impacted by what you guys did. And so, um, as I said, this is a community. Uh, we're all in this together. I think last year was great. We're excited in the near future to announce a, a few things that we, we think will make 2024 even better from a community standpoint. And just want to thank everybody here for your continued support of what we do to make sure that we're having a positive impact uh, off the pitch. Any questions or any comments from, from, from everybody in the, the, the room before we move on, to, you know, move back to on pitch? All right, thanks again, Kyler, for putting that all together. Um, all right, let's talk about the preseason. So uh, guys show up. Uh, on Thursday, um, we'll do a welcome meeting with the players on Thursday. On Friday, they'll do physicals and uh, fitness training. We'll have a welcome dinner with our staff on Friday evening, um, and then from there, they get right into get right into the preseason. Um, we'll be on the road quite a bit. Uh, we'll be in Rockford, uh, you know, quite a bit. Um, and then, as you look at our schedule here, so we'll go to Rockford for the first week. Uh, we'll cap that off with a uh, with an air squad. Uh, and then the, the following week, we'll spend a few days in Rockford, but then we'll head up to Minnesota, train in Minnesota, and take on Minnesota United, too. The following week, we'll cap the week off uh, on a Friday with a, a, a friendly match against the Chicago Fire, too. Week after that, we'll head to Indy 11. And then uh, the capstone of our preseason will be uh, a, a new opponent for us, St. Louis City, too. So um, I want to bring Matt in to, to talk a little bit uh, about kind of how we put this together. But you'll notice this is a little different than what we've done in the past. Um, there's no collegiate teams in our preseason schedule. Uh, focus is on professional teams, high-quality opponents. Um, and we think this will prepare us really well uh, for the regular USL League One regular season. One thing that we, we've seen quite frequently, especially if you look at the timing of, of these matches, uh, many of these two teams will have their first-team players come down and play with them. And so we will expect to see a decent amount of first-team players throughout the preseason, MLS first-team players, I should say. Matt, do you want to share some comments on uh, the schedule? Yeah, obviously. Hey, everybody. Um, yeah, obviously. Um, obviously, the o the overarching idea here with our goals for the 2024 season are to, to have the most competitive uh, group that we've had. Um, that starts with with what we do from from day one. Preseason is is a inter in integral part of. of of preparing the guys for, for what we're going to be facing. Uh, so we really put a premise on trying to, to get the best uh, competition that we could get. 
the idea with playing some of these MLS two teams is that, as Connor mentioned, uh, the, the, the likelihood is that there'll be a good mix of, of first team players, um, MLS players, which which makes a very competitive game for us. We, we've kind of given it a miss on, the, on on some of the college games that we've done in the past. Not that no, nothing disrespectful there or, or, or anything like that. It's just we, we wanted to go out and find the, the best that we could get. Um, Indy 11's a great opponent that we played last year um, from the championship. And then just and then just having the resources to be able to go on the road, uh, go go stay in their facilities, train in, in good facilities um, for our preseason to help us prepare the, the best that we can. And uh, that's the that's sort of the big picture idea. Four games, we'll, the the inner squad could be a mix of kind of local guys in Chicago at the end of the first week. But I think uh, those are sort of our four sort of four key preseason matchups, and then and then the, the openers on the on the 16th. So that's the that's the uh, the overarching. Any comments, questions on preseason before we uh, get into roster updates and then general questions? Sure. Uh, yeah. are, are you asking because you're interested or you're, you're curious about? <laughs> We have uh, so we have twenty we have twenty signed players right now. Uh, a couple announcements I think coming in the next few days and, and next week. Um, I've been asked not to, to to get into that, but until that's announced. But yeah, 20, 20, 20, um, 20 players signed. We'll probably end up carrying one or two more. Um, um, so there's an opportunity for some trialists. I think we're going to have. I'm looking at my I think five or six trialists come in uh, for the first two weeks. We usually do trialists in two week increments. Um, so we can get like a proper look at them. That will be a mix of collegiate players, um, academy sort of level players, um, and and guys that are yeah guys that are out of contract. So um, yeah, probably carry around 24, somewhere between 24 and 26 guys for, for our preseason uh, roster. Uh, that allows us to split the groups when we play games. Obviously, guys aren't going to come in and, and play 90 minute matches in our first couple of preseason games. So that allows us to to periodize the the, the training sessions and, and make sure that um, you know guys aren't, aren't coming in. Hopefully, you know picking up little little injuries and stuff like that so hopefully uh, hopefully everyone comes in in a good way and in, in good fitness but uh, but uh, yeah we'll, we'll definitely have some some uh, try listen George correct yeah our entire preseason will be on the road um, you know uh, something that, that is a long-term project for us here is uh, you know this region doesn't have a, a full-size indoor facility and, and something that's needed so we are working on that long term but um, given as the USL season, League One season starts earlier and earlier, uh, that forces us to spend a little more time on the road. Um, and so all of our matches will be on the road. Any excuse to go to St. Louis? Is there going to be people coming to watch, or is it going to be closed? Yeah, so all these will be closed doored. Uh, that, that normally the, the host's rules. Um, and, and at this time, they'll all be closed doored. If something was a change, if something were to change, we'd let you know. But, George, we could probably, you know, put you in like a. You know, coach's gear or something. We'll sneak you in. Oh, sneak you in. All right. Uh, let's get into some uh, roster updates, and then we'll we'll get to the questions. Is there a slide with the roster, or is just roster update? All right. I should, I should oh, have that's, a, that's all right. I can, I can. That's got it. 
The steel trap. No, uh, I've got my phone here as well. No, but um, yeah, so like I said, 20, 20 signed players, guys. Um, we've returned uh, 12, if you inc uh, include uh, Wolfie. Uh, Wolfgang Prentice uh, will be returning to us on loan from, from Oakland uh, on a season-long uh, on a season long loan. Um, yeah, like I said, so returners, I'll kind of I'll tick through the, the returning guys. So we've got, uh, from the back, we've got uh, our goalkeeping cores back with Burn, uh, Burn Shipman and, and Martin Sanchez. Uh, so two, two strong goalkeepers. Uh, very pleased with that. Backs, backs, back lines returned. Same back line. Obviously, I think we saw Sam Brotherton uh, decided to retire. Um, so you know he's he's moving on to the next phase of his life. Um, but same back line in terms of Jake Cruel, uh, Mitch Osman, Timmy Mel, and Stephen Payne um, was was our primarily our, our starting back four uh, for for most of the season last year. Um, we've added Michael Chalaka to that group. He's a player who who has a great background. He's played in Israel. Highest level um, was at San, uh, San Diego Loyal, uh, the championship team that, that folded uh, last year, but got some games with them. Young uh, athletic center back who, who we have high hopes for, high ceiling, um, and uh, we think he's going to come in and push. He's a little bit different profile than, than what we've had in the past. He's, he's a little bit nasty. He's a little bit of, a, of a, an aggressive type of player. Not that our other guys aren't, but he's, he's definitely trending more towards the maybe the mean guy uh, back there. Uh, we, got some, we got some nice guys sometimes. Um, um, <laughs> Heading into the midfield, uh, heading into the midfield, uh, in terms of, you know, in terms of that. So obviously Mike's new. We're Aiden Macias is returning. Um, so so obviously he he was a guy who who we had a, a lot of respect for last year. He, he really really kicked on, and I thought he was one of our more improved players over the course of the season. He came in, uh, haven't haven't been out of the game for a little bit. Came in and, and uh, really kicked on, and I thought was one of our one of our stronger players towards the end of the season. Um, sticking with returners, we, we said Payne already. Derek Gebhard, uh, Derek Gebhard can play a bunch of different positions. He's been with us now for I think this will be his third or fourth year um, with the club. So Derek's been a stalwart for us last year. Six goals. Uh, so we're really hoping he can continue to kick on and, 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 con and continue that production. Uh, Nazim Bartman up top with uh, obviously Nazim had five goals last year. Just a, just a good, steady, solid player in our league who who you know we think is going to be competitive up there. Maro Sichero, um was a guy who we felt like there, I have I have a, I have a little bit higher hopes for him this year. I think he's got more to give. He's a, he's a very talented player, um, and I think uh, he's coming with a bit, bit of a chip on his shoulder. I think to, to prove something. And obviously Christian Cheney uh, will be returning uh, will be returning as well, um, and we already mentioned Wolfie. Um, and we know Cheney, 11 goals. I think I think there's double that in him. Uh, uh, you know, I think there's double that in him if we can get the best out of him. So that's that's going to be the idea for Chris. And then um, yeah, other new guys. Obviously we've we've announced uh, Jimmy Villalobos um, just recently. He's coming to us on loan from from one Knoxville for the year. Um, really, really like this player. He was a player who was at Chattanooga in the past um, with that team, with Timmy Mel, the team that made it to the final uh, in 22. Um, just a really strong, solid central midfield player, box to box, can, can get involved in attacks, can, can help us spread the ball around and play the way we like to play. Um, John Murphy, another guy who's, who's, who's had success in the league, uh, League One. Uh, you know, League One player, obviously with with Omaha, uh, had been spent some time with uh, with New York Red Bulls too, and then obviously with Tormenta last year. So, just uh, I think a really strong midfield. Um, Devin Boyce is another guy we've added who, who's been a rival of ours in the league. Uh, we know him. We know he's he's hard to play against, and we, we value that. You know, we value that aggressiveness. We obviously needed to go out and replace Andrew Wheeler, um, you know, who, who's retired. Um, so he's he's a guy who's that aggressive type of, of player in the midfield that, that we felt like we needed to, to bring in and add quality there. Um, Obviously, sticking with guys that, that we've added in, um, Sharif uh, Sharif Dye, who, who's coming to us from Fresno Fuego, uh, Senegalese international, 
you know, scored some great goals, um, just a lot of upside, a lot of 1v1, a lot of power, a lot of things that, that, you know, I think he'll bring in terms of a different profile than maybe what we've had in the past a little bit. Just a powerful 1v1 type of player. I'm um, really excited. Juan Galindres, obviously, you know, is a big signing for us. He's a striker. I think he's the eighth all-time leading scorer in, in, in our league. Um, so he knows how to score. He's, he's a proven goal scorer in our league. I think he scored 23 goals or something like that for Chattanooga in two seasons. So uh, he's a guy we expect to come in and enhance pr productivity-wise. That was a, obviously a big thing for us was, was getting better in, in the attacking phase of the game, right? Adding goals, and, and uh, we've added a, a proven goal scorer in our, in our, in our league. So we're, we're excited about that. Um, mentioned Wolfie already, um, and I think I'll, I'll hold off there. We have signed. I will say there's two more here that we haven't announced yet. Um, that will be announced in coming days. But one is a, a seasoned veteran who's, who's been a captain in our league, um, who's played in, in, in the championship level as well, who's, who's a defender, kind of, kind of multifaceted defender, outside back, can play, can play um, in the midfield as well. And then uh, we've recently signed a number 10 from South America who, um, who I have very high hopes for, who I think will be a high-impact player. Um, number 10, final pass. Uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited about that. So like I said, 20 guys. Um, for me, the best the best group that we've had since I've been at the football club, you know, in my opinion. So fr from that perspective, we're all very excited. And now, obviously, the task for us as coaches is to to get that group to gel, uh, to get the best out of them, to to continue to enhance our culture. And, and uh, but I hopefully hopefully it's been obvious to you guys that there's been a there's been a strategic way of building the roster, and that's experience. That's 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 an experienced group of guys. That's a that's a group of guys who are proven winners in, in this league. The additions that we've made, guys that have. One everywhere they've been uh, for the most part, and that's that's the idea. We're, we're obviously we always we obviously have big goals and expectations this year, and, and uh, that's the that's the group that we've assembled so far. So that's where we're at. Sorry, that was a that was a, that was a long long chat, but uh, yeah. I think just from a, a front office standpoint, you know, uh, we think Matt and, and the team have done a great job. You know, being at 20 players right now, um, we're normally headed into camp with 15, 16, some years maybe even 14. Uh, players, so so to have 20 locked in when we're looking to kind of cap out at 21, 22, we feel like we're in a really good spot. Um, to Matt's point, um, these seasons are long. Uh, not only do we have our season, but we have a, a League One Cup this year. We've got an Open Cup, um, and so this roster has been built uh, to compete in all those competitions, and, and, and it's been built with a focus on depth. We think in the past years we've we've had a mix of some maybe younger rookie players um, and some more veteran players. Um, you know, we don't have anybody uh, currently at this point uh, on the league minimum. Uh, I think that shows you kind of the way we've attacked building this roster, um, and, and a lot of proven, uh, a lot of guys with a proven proven record of winning in other places. So we, we feel great about it, and uh, excited to get everybody here uh, next week. Any questions uh, from this group uh, as it relates to the the roster before we kind of get into the the questions that were submitted? We'll go here, and then Mitch and Rob. So this is astute. Yeah, it's a good question. So the way that we should we've been there, huh? <laughs> yeah, Jimmy. Uh, so Jimmy from Knoxville does not have a recall um, availability. Obviously, that's an interleague loan. Um, that wouldn't make a lot of sense if they could just call him back uh, the day we play him or something. So so no, we we we, we, we make sure that we make sure that that's in there. Uh, Wolfie Wolfie does have a th th they do have a right to recall in Oakland, but it's a situation where we we structured it this year to where um, there's a financial incentive for, for them not to do that. Um, and the idea based on you know the, the conversations that I've had with them 
is, is they're not going to recall him under any circumstances because he's a young player for them. He's on a long-term contract there. Um, he's a guy who, who they really want to get in a, in a more structured, not more structured than theirs, but in a structured, stable environment um, uh, to where he can compete for minutes. So, so Wolfie, yeah, I would say there's a significant financial uh, incentive for, for him to stay with us for the season, and that's the, the way we, uh, we structured it. Mitch? Yeah, those are, those, those are always interesting because it depends who you talk to about how it got done. Uh, the, 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 age, the agents always like to say that, uh, that it's through them. But essentially, I, I have a relationship with his agent, uh, with Jimmy's agent. Um, and essentially, the, the opportunity came up. You know, I won't go into the details of w what's going on at, that, at, the, at their football club, but I would say that there was an opportunity for, for Jimmy to, to make a move. He, w he wanted to come to Madison, which is, again, you guys that know me, I've been here, you know, it's my third year. We want guys that want to be here. We want guys that are excited to, to come to Madison. He's one of the guys that's played here a few times. He's like, man, I would coach. I would really like to come if we can make this work. Um, his wife, you know, his wife as well. Um, they're excited to, to come and be a part of our team and our community. So it was really a situation where we're not just kind of like taking a flyer on a guy because we think he's a good player. You know, oh, maybe you know someone pitched us alone. Like it came up through um, a couple of. It's a unique situation that doesn't happen often, but it's one sometimes where guys sign longer term deals that just doesn't work out and. Uh, not for you know any any particular reason other than a change of scenery and uh, and again a player who for me has a lot of value at our level and a player who is really excited to come in and contribute to, to what we're doing. Yeah, I'll just add to that. I've got a uh, you know been fortunate to develop a really close relationship with uh, Knoxville's owner Drew McKenna, who's a, who's a great guy and has been a great addition to the league ownership group. And Drew and I have a really good relationship. Um, Drew and, and Mark McKeever and the, the, the staff down there speak extremely highly of, of Jimmy. And so that was a huge part of um, getting that deal done is that, you, you know, um, they, they speak highly of him, think highly of him, have a good relationship with him, and, and that gave us a comfort level with, with Matt's background as well uh, and understanding of, of Jimmy. So we think it'll be a good fit. Rob? Um, but not only the experience uh, of the guys that you're signing, but specifically you have somebody Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely intentional. Um, in terms of look, even I think um, even the guys, for the most part, the guys that we've signed that do have USL championship or higher level experience, they they played in in League One, and I think it's 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 a different league. It's a different league to the championship. Um, some of the challenges of our league are, are different challenges to, to what they've seen. Um, so so guys that have played in our league and had success in our league was a big part of us sort of taking hopefully some of the some of the dice rolling out of it you know there's maybe in the past we've maybe taken some flyers on on a european player or um yeah i think we, we've done that maybe once now with the with the with the guy we're going to introduce i think next week but outside of that these are these are proven guys these are guys who who i know for the most part these are guys who i've competed against that we've coached against that the players know that the players know and uh and, and they know what it takes to win so yeah absolutely a strategic part of of hopefully taking some of the uh, some of the guesswork out of, of out of what we're doing, and I think the hope is that uh, the gelling of the squad will 
will speed up even because there's so many familiar faces. Right? Uh, I think J JP calls them bad citizens. I, I think uh, I think it's it's it, and that's that's like a, that's that's in, in jest a little bit. I, I think um, I think the the idea is is again getting as competitive as we can get. I'll, I'll put it to you this way: we had the we had the least amount of fouls in the entire league last year, least. So for me, that says we're maybe a little bit too nice. Now we got to get our red cards down. Obviously, we know myself included. Myself included. Okay. However, however, though, however, in all seriousness, we, it, we, it, was, it was something that we addressed, and it was something that I wanted to address in terms of we, we want to be hard to play against. We want to be, we don't want teams to come here and, oh, we get to come and the crowd's good and Madison's a great town and, you know, we get to play in a good environment. No, we, we, want, we want teams to hate coming here. And um, that, that's, that's been, that's been the, the idea there a little bit. Oh, you're on it, man. No, you, you got your info. No, that's um, that's true, and that's very true. He did have um, he, so Juan did have some visa issues last year with RGV. Um, we we feel really good about where we're at with with our internationals this year. We have a, a really good immigration attorney that, that that we've partnered with, who's who's um, who's really been awesome uh, and, and really communicative with us. Um, we we just I think Keith just just told me uh, earlier that uh, he has it. So Juan actually has his uh, appointment in Bogota tomorrow. Um, so our hope is that he's here within the next few weeks. Now, these things can, can change. They're always fluid situations. My hope is that no one's uh, arriving, you know, with the, with the exception of, of the, the lad we just signed from, from South America, who's, who's not one. Um, the, the guys that we have under contract, my hope is that they're here in the, in the next couple of weeks. And that's the same with Sharif. Um, but like, for instance, Abdu, like when we, we had Abdu in 2022, it was, it was when Senegal won the AFCON. So it was like a national, the day he had his visa appointment, there was a national holiday because Senegal won the African Cup of Nations. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's all these, you know, we, we have these plans and we have these procedures and we try, to, we, try to, we try to stick to those timelines as best as we can, but things always come up and we, we just got to be adaptable and ready, ready to roll with it. All right, we'll, we'll hop into some of the submitted questions and then happy to answer <coughs> um, roster questions or otherwise answer anything you have for us uh, throughout the, uh, the course of this uh, town hall. Um, a couple questions were submitted uh, as it relates to the women's team. Timeline, team name, uh, what to ex when to expect to have a, a team here. So uh, last May we announced our pursuit of a USL Super League, so first division uh, women's team here um, at Bree Stevens Field. We've been working with the city of Madison. We have until May 1 of 2024 uh, to develop a funding plan with the city uh, that will allow us to do the necessary improvements here to have a first division professional soccer team. We've had great dialogue with the city. We're, we're making progress. Um, I don't have anything to report on that today, uh, but we are continuing to work through uh, that with the city and, and the mayor has been extremely supportive of, the, of this project. And so we're working with uh, the mayor and her team um, on a long-term facility plan that would allow us to, to bring a women's team here. 
Um, like I said, that deadline's May 1. Um, hopefully we'll have more to share as we get closer to May 1 or around that date. But as of now, we're just uh, continuing to work on that project. And, and as you can imagine, um, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of work that goes into that. And so we're working hard at that. Um, you know, uh, when we, we should expect a, a team, you know, it's probably th there'd be significant renovations that need to be done and we want to limit disruption of, of, the, the, of Forward Madison and the other events that happen here. So it's likely, uh, you know, a, a 26 project, um, but it's too early to kind of commit to anything. Um, another question, uh, is there a plan to fix bathrooms in the stadium, specifically the women's facilities? So whoever submitted this question, <coughs> I'd like you to if you could follow up uh, and send some additional information of what you'd like to see, that would be great. Um, we're aware that there's porta potties and temporary facilities down the flock end. Part of a long-term vision and plan would be to have permanent facilities down there. Uh, as we look to the other end of the stadium, some of the restrooms uh, are, are relatively new. Uh, I think three or four years old. Um, others do need improvements, including the ones close to here. But we'd love to get more feedback from our fans on what we can do to improve. Uh, what I would say about the, the restrooms here at Bree Stevens Field, we have some new ones, we have some old ones, and we have some in between. Um, and, and we do, you know, our hope is in the next two to five years, everything is, is cleaned up quite a bit. All right. A uh, question about will you be offering concert tickets again this year? I think this was related to a ticket package that we did uh, a, a year ago um, or a season ticket drive. Um, we've announced uh, two concerts so far uh, here at Bree Stevens Field, uh, Hosier, uh, on August 17th. Um, and and that, that, uh, that's sold out within a few hours. Um, Willie Nelson and family will be here May 17th. Uh, and that is close to, uh, you know, there's limited tickets left there. And then uh, we just announced, I think, yesterday um, or, or Monday, the Pixies, Modest Mouse, and Cat Power will be coming uh, as well. So uh, we do not have a plan at this time to be including tickets into um, season ticket packages as we did a year ago. Um, and, and we're fortunate that uh, the shows have been announced so far are, are selling, uh, selling quickly. All right, we'll, we'll push this one to Matt. Do you guys think the squad will have enough depth in, in competition for places in the squad? Um, they want to know if, if, we, if we have enough depth and uh, be ready for a playoff run. Um, and, uh, you know, where uh, this group that we have now, do we expect them to be with us when the season ends? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think that the whole idea, I think Connor mentioned it briefly, but depth, you know, depth was a big piece. Obviously, we saw last year, uh, we struggled after, after the summer with the summer schedule that we had with a couple injuries that we picked up when we didn't maybe have our best 11 to, to 13 guys available. Um, it, it hurt the team. So um, the idea was to go out and get guys in, who can start uh, too deep in each position for the most part. And, um, we feel like that will help us in, 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 a, in a number of ways, really. Uh, that's from the competition structure, cup, regular season, open cup. Um, you know, those are all competitions that I feel like, you know, I feel like we can, we can have a, a real crack at, at doing something in now. Uh, not that we couldn't in the past, but I feel like w with the depth that we've added, I think we're, we're going to be in a much better situation to, to compete in those three competitions. Um, and yeah, my, my, my plan is that at the end of the season, we're, we're peaking. You know, I would like for us to be in a better, like, I'll put it, put it this way. There was moments last year where Jake and, and Steven ha had played so often for us, I had to give them like three days off a week just so they could play on the weekend. And it's just, it's just not a situation you want to be in. So uh, for anyone, it's, it's just not good. We want competition for places. It's part of the culture that we want to have. Um, you know, the guys, are, the guys understand that. They know to have a, a championship caliber team, um, you know, we have to have that. So, so that's, that's kind of been the, the, the reason for, for what we've been doing there. 
All right, what are the club's thoughts on ProRel? Is there any update on implementing it within the USL? Does FOMAD have ambitions for USL championship by means of not including ProRel? First of all, I want to acknowledge whoever, I, we've never been called FOMAD before. I like that. It's pretty good. Uh, good, good abbreviation. Um, I, you know, I don't have any big news on ProRel. The last, uh, it's, it's been discussed at the Board of Governors uh, at both the League One and Championship. Um, you know, I, I think. Um, it's something the league continues to evaluate and discuss. I think if you're in the lower league, like League One, it makes sense to want ProRel and, and, and move up. I think if you're in the championship, you have to uh, understand everything that comes with that. I think um, if you're at League One, you have to understand everything that comes with it as well, right? Uh, higher payroll, is there a pri is there prize money for winning? Uh, can you sustain at that level? So, um, you know, I, I think there's going to be continued conversation. I think there's, uh, I think more teams. Uh, across the USL ecosystem that have an interest in ProRel, more that do than don't. It's just a matter uh, of the details and, and what's the system and structure that works for, for both League One and Championship. And I think that's going to take quite a while to, to work out. Um, as it relates to our ambitions uh, of making it to Championship, um, you know, we're, uh, we're happy in League One. Uh, we're, we think we, we want to be the best in League One on and off the field. We think Madison's a great League One market. Um, we're proud to be one of the founding League One clubs, and we're not looking to move to the championship right now by any way other than eventual promotion relegation and, and by doing it on the field. Um, you know, I know uh, North Carolina, um, you, you know, chose to move up to the championship. I would expect other clubs uh, within League One to, to choose to do that in the future. We don't think that that's a, 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 the right move for us. I think um, at, at League One, we've been able to be towards the top end of the, the payroll. We've been able to be competitive. Um, you know, last year is a good example of that. We think we can continue to be competitive, and we want to be the best in League One. That, that's where our focus is. We're not spending time trying to figure out what it looks like to join another league. We want to, you know, we, we've got a good home, and we want to make the best of that home. Thank you. Uh, any updates on Santa Barbara Sky? Um, you know, I think that the league has made League One has made some progress and expansion. You've seen some uh, new teams um, be, uh, you know. Uh, announced in, in the in the recent uh, recent past, and I, I think more teams will be coming. Um, I don't have an update on Sa Santa Barbara Sky. I think it's possible for 2025, but but I think that's the last that's that's been out there. We'll be at 12 teams for for uh, 2024, and I think you should expect to see I think three to five extra teams uh, joining the league in 2025. Now, to to just prove that we read the questions as submitted, I won't I won't filter this one. Will we be taking the U.S. Open Cup more seriously this year? <clears throat> no, I think, um, listen, uh, I've always taken the Open Cup seriously. I've, there's never once been a time where I've come in and said, guys, we're going to bottle the game today, um, and, and I'm going to take it seriously. I think my hope is that we have the depth required to compete in a better way in that tournament. My goal with the, my priority is always the league. My priority will be the league and the League Cup. Um, the Open Cup is, is a great competition. I'm all for that competition. I want us to do a better job than we did last year in that competition, um, and we will. Um, but, yeah, I, I take the Open Cup uh, very seriously. Um, and uh, as far as Open Cup schedule, I, I think the Open Cup window is that first week of April. Um, we uh, don't have any news on if we'll host or not. We have submitted to host. We do have an interest in hosting, uh, but, but don't have any news on if we will host or who the opponent will be. I think uh, a couple weeks before uh, that date is uh, would be the potential opponents. Mitch? Do you guys know if you are entering the round one or 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure that we've received confirmation on that, um, but I, I think our expectation is that there's a, a couple groups and pairings that, that, that um, some teams that are already set. I think our expectation is that we'd likely play, um, you know, who comes out of that amateur round. That, 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 but, but nothing's been confirmed. Will CBS show all away games on TV or the internet like ESPN Plus did? So, yeah, we have a new TV deal. Uh, USL has a, a TV deal with CBS, which is a, a really good thing. Um, so just to kind of walk through how that will work, all of our games uh, will we'll continue, hopefully, to be on ESPN Plus. Uh, but then some games will be on C CBS or CBS stations, uh, CBS Sports, uh, different stations. Um, the games that are on CBS will not be on ESPN Plus. Um, but, uh, you know, um, the, 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 our hope is that our regular games are on ESPN Plus. Yes? I wouldn't do that yet. Is that like a bootleg thing, or is that what, what's that? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, know I, I, I mean, I, sometimes the league did that because of streaming issues, and that's what the streaming channels. I don't yeah. know if that was the thing or not. Those, those games are on, are on YouTube or ESPN, um, in-network things, so you can't access ESPN+. Which knows. All right, Mitch, you should be running the office. League office, not our office. Um, all right, last one, then we'll, we'll, we'll go to some extra questions. Uh, between Coach Glazer and a designated champion from the flock, who could eat more quick trip glazers? <laughs> and how much do we need to donate to the Polar Plunge to find out? I think it, I think it all depends on the, who, the, who the champ is. You know, is who it the, in the room? You know, or, uh, yeah. Who is it? Zach? He said if it wasn't Zach, he'd do it. Yeah, if it's Zach, uh, we, we if it's about, Zach I mean. Uh, when, when, we were, when we were prepping in the green room, he said if it's not Zach, I'll do it. But if it's Zach, I'm not, you know. There's not no, enough I'll, money you can raise for charity. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. We'll, uh, I'll give. I'll give whoever it is a run for their money. <laughs> All right. Well, it doesn't have to be right now, but we'll set that up. Please, not right now. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, All right. I think. Um, what, what other questions from the group? Uh, a question uh, in the chat: how, how, do, how do you how did you think you were able to keep twelve players from last year on the roster? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean they like well, we 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 you know we paid we pay, you know they all got a little bit of a pay increase, but I think at the end of the day, like guys want to be guys want to be here. You know, I think if if guys want to be here. Um, most of the conversations that I had, I would say almost almost 100% of the conversations that I had um, postseason when we do our exit meetings, the guys want to be here. Guys want to be here. Um, so uh, that's the first step. Obviously, we want to we, we need to want them to be here um, as coaches. And, and, and but but if if if, uh, if a player wants to be here and that we feel like they they're deserving to, to be here and represent the city and the crest, then then we're going to do everything we can to, to try and retain. And I think continuity, we've spoken about it, continuity is big. Continuity, you, you look at teams that have done well in our league uh, over time, the Greenvilles, the Omahas, they, they've had continuity. They've had continuity over the course of several years. And 
we don't want every year to be a rebuilding year. Last year was a rebuilding year. Retaining four players shouldn't be the, the status quo. We, you know, retaining closer to 50, 60% of the roster should be where, where we're headed at our level. That's, that's my opinion, and that's how, that's how, we, tried to, how we tried to do it. And I'll, I'll recognize uh, the coaching staff, too, that, <clears throat> you know, player exit interviews, you know, the loss in the playoffs, then exit interviews, immediately after that, they were moving quickly on, on the core of the team to keep it together. Um, and, and I think, um, you know, we, we were extremely successful in keeping the players we, we wanted to keep and, and have back. And that, that's one, because of the relationship Matt and the coaches have developed with the players. Uh, two, I think because of the great environment that you all create on, on match day. Um, but three, because of that, that approach that Matt and the coaches took to, to get those guys locked up, locked up right away. Grant? Yeah, you have to build from somewhere, and I think the, the situations, look, when there's when there's turnover, when there's high turnover, I think for everyone, for from the owners to the, the coaches, the players, it, it creates um, the the objectives become become a little bit more skewed because it's just difficult to know what you're getting, right? So, for, for instance, like you know, if you're if you're turning over 80% of your roster every season. There's a lot of unknowns there, and we've mentioned the international signings and what you're going to get is, is going to translate. You know, I've seen players who have been top players in, in good leagues in Europe come and struggle in the United States. It's 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 not always a it's not always a given. So I think just having the continuity, having a group of guys who who know what we want to do, who know how we want to play, who know who know what our core beliefs and values are, um, to start there as opposed to starting almost from scratch um, is just a completely it's a completely different. It's been a completely different off season. We're actually the coaches and I've been have been been doing more planning. We've been talking more about how we our methodology. We've been talking. More, it's given us more time. The scouting component of, of the off season is so rigorous. When you're when you're re, I mean, we were working 80, 90 hours a week last year in the off season to, to get 20 guys to, to 22 guys to come to, to Madison. So um, that from that perspective, it's still been rigorous. But from that perspective, it's allowed us to develop our relationships as, as a coaching staff and um, how we want to train the team and, and all these types of things. So from that perspective, like, I, think, I think continuity goes a long way. And, and the hope is that the guys come in. We've learned lessons from last year. That's the hope that we're going to be reminding them of, of, of what it takes and um, the things that we feel like we need to improve. We, we've, we've done a deep dive into, into last season. So I think it's, it's, it's all encompassing, man. It's, it's one of those where we, we don't want to be have that that vibe, that expansion vibe. We want to be a team that's now, okay, we've got a core group of guys. Forward Madison's going to be a tough opponent every year. Um, and that, that's the culture that we want to – it goes to what we were talking about with having it be a tough place to come, right? Um, that's, that's who we want to start to become consistently. Um, and, and I think last year was an amazing step in, in, in the right direction. A couple other questions submitted here. Uh, were there any uh, non-returnees from last year who you would like – who you would have liked to have kept – um, you, you know, when we when we do those exit interviews, it's pretty common for players at League One to want to get to the championship. Um, I'll say if uh, if a player doesn't end up in the championship, if they're in League One and we want them, we we're I think pretty much 100% retention rate, and, uh, and and we got the guys that, that are League One players that, that are at League One, the guys we wanted, we we were able to retain. Um, I think uh, that there's maybe one or two that we would have liked to have had that. that wanted to move up uh, to championship, and we wish him nothing but the best uh, at championship. 
Yeah, it's, it's common that there's guys who, who play for us, who love forward Madison, who uh, when League One is, is their, their option for, for them to, to, play, to play footy, they, they want to play for us. I think there's some guys who, for instance, Pierre De Silva signed in Peru in the top level. I mean, that's a, that's a good league. You know, like these are guys who, who are good good footballers. Um, so I think like I, I want to encourage that as well. We want to retain guys. We want guys that want to be here, but I also want to help them develop and get to part of what we do as a, as a third tier club is player development. You know, that's part of what my staff and I take a lot of pride in helping guys get to the next level. If that's their goal, you know, I'm certainly not going to try to hold someone back. So that's a big part of what we do. And I think it's why players like playing here because they know that I'm not going to I'm not going to try and stitch them up or or, or keep them in a, in a situation that they don't want to be in. If, if their goal is to, to get to MLS, then I want to help them get to MLS. Obviously, they need to come and perform here and, and, and buy into what we're doing. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's a big part of, uh, of who we want to be. Question if the captain has been decided or if that Yeah, Mitch will be the like captain. Mitch will be the captain, and then we'll, we'll figure out. Kind of Wheeler was kind of our, our co-captain, um, sort of vice captain. So um, we'll, we'll, kind of, we'll kind of figure that out as we get going. But uh, yeah, Mitch, Mitch will be the guy. All right, uh, we'll go Kevin. Then. Fresno, uh, Fresno, because of the travel, the travel to get there is 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 uh, it's usually for us to get to Fresno. It's a, it's a pretty long travel day. Um, Sometimes, like last year when we went, we. We, we got stuck, we got stuck there um, so uh, on the way back, so and it turned into a five-day thing. So luckily, uh, Connor gave us a place to stay for, for, those, uh, for those five days that we were there or whatever, but Fresno's tough. Fresno's tough. Um, it's, it's, a, it's across the country. Uh, it's a different climate, um, and just getting there, getting there is tough. So I would say from a, just from a travel, purely logistical standpoint, um, tough place to play. Not the nicest fans, uh, you know, either. So, so uh, yeah, that's always a always a tough one. I think the rumor is that they're going up. So the rumor is that they're going up. Um, so um, and then I, I can't speak to. To too much more than that, I, I would imagine they signed Cameron Lancaster the other day. Um, that's that's an expensive player, so I would I would imagine that I would imagine that you know that that they're 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 spending. You know that's what I would imagine. So, but uh, I try not to worry too much about them. You know I'm really happy with what we've got. I think they'll you know Lexington is Lexington. They're in a situation where they're doing a lot of rebuilding. It's a it's a difficult situation. Certainly signed some good players, but. Excited to compete against a good coach. Uh, uh, really, really a big fan of, of Darren Powell and and, uh, and those guys and what they do. So I'm, I'm excited to, to compete against those guys. I'll say, you know, a year ago it became clear around this time with the the way that um, NCFC was approaching building their roster and, and their budget um, that they probably weren't going to be in League One for, for too long. I don't know what's happening with other teams. Uh, we we've always tried to be top one, two, or top quarter for, from a payroll standpoint. Um, the, the market moved quite a bit this offseason. We started um, out of the gates with, with um, about a 20% increase over last year. And um, we thought that was a good place to be to kind of stay uh, up towards the top of the league. And um, I would say maybe the first week of December or, or so, we added a, another 5 to 7% on top of that, or maybe actually a little more, or maybe 5 to 8%. Uh, we we, we, we kind of shifted midstream, and, and that's a 
once again, I keep crediting the coaches, but, but Matt was reading the market pretty well. Um, we, at that point, I think it had signed 13 to 15 players. We were in a good spot, but we were missing a, a few key pieces. And, and so um, we went back and added score money to the budget to make sure we're competitive. So, you know, we, we, to Matt's point, we can't worry about what, what other clubs are doing. And, and, and we've got a <coughs> truly unique thing at, at League One off the field, and we've got a great group of owners that are working together and, and great people across the league. And, and I thoroughly enjoy being with, um, you know, those men and women. Um, but you know we, we can't worry about what they're doing on the field. We got to worry about what, what's happening here. We think we got a, a good 20 players. We think we got a good coaching staff. We think we got. We know we have the best fans in the league. We're ready to go. So we're, we're feeling good about where we're at. Yeah, I don't think wholesale changed in, t in terms of our footballing. Um, you know, we have a pretty clear identity, I think, that we've established. Um, I think there's ways that we want to enhance that identity, you know, certainly putting the ball in the net. And we've, we've talked a lot about objectivizing. I don't know if that's a word, but making that an objective and, and sort of how we're going to score goals, right? It's something that the coaching staff and I have talked about, like breaking it down to like, here's a couple of zones we, we need to get into more often. Um, here's how. For, for, forget the forget the system. Forget the formation. Let's talk about how what we're going to do. We do a really nice job of arriving in the final third, um, build up play. I think we're we're one of the better teams. I think now what we do in the box has been an objective, both in recruitment um, and, and what we're doing on the footballing side. To all right, let's get the ball. Let's let's find let's find some ways to objectivize this. Um, and so we can so we can we can quantify it. So we can say okay, we we got into this area. 10 times in this game. Uh, our XG was this, you know, we need to capitalize more, um, whatever it might be. But I think a adding adding a guy like Galindrez as well um, and, and, and the, the number 10 that we've added, I think helps as well. But yeah, produ production, production's gonna be, gonna be hopefully, hopefully what, what the, the, the main difference is, is that's my hope. Rob? Time, time will tell, you know, time will tell. I think that's going to be new for everyone. It's kind of like the one where uh, when they asked uh, Damian Lillard, like wh when they did the basketball tournament, he was like, what, 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 what cup, you know? I mean, I mean it's, it, for, for me, I'm, I'm approaching it more like, um, I'm approaching it more like that's our regular season, right? That's, that, that cup is, I'm approaching that as, as obviously a separate, a separate competition, but like as something that we're, we're taking quite seriously and something that we, we want to try and win that, that competition. So. Um, I think time will tell as to, look, a lot of that is going to depend on how healthy we are, what shape we're in, um, but that's a, that's a competition we're going to go after, and uh, um, time will tell how, how sort of, I, I think time will tell in terms of, in terms of you know, the exactly, I, I don't see us like rotating super heavily. I think that's a competition where we're going we're gonna to try to put the best team on the field to, to go and win games. Um, Let me talk to him first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you know, I know there's been discussion about. Uh, I think union agreements at other levels and other leagues. I, we're we're in a, a longer term agreement. 
Uh, what's Pro Two? I, I think is is what it's called. Is that what it's called? Pro Pro. Yeah. Pro Pro Two or Pro. Um, you know, so we'll have similar rest to what we had a year ago. Uh, I, I will say, um, you know, over the course of last year, we were able to develop a relationship with the supervisors, um, in, in those, you know, managing uh, the, the referees, and, and um, I, I think uh, having a cordial, collaborative relationship with them uh, proved to help. Not not to help, but but proved to be positive down the stretch. Yeah. Stretch. There's not any influence or anything. But I, I give them credit. They, they don't have an easy job. I give them credit for taking our phone calls and talking to us. I think Matt, um, you know, we, we, we recognize uh, that there's been some behavior on our side that needs to improve o over the past few years. We're working on that. But at the same time, um, you, you know, there, there's been, been good, collaborative, open conversations on, on how we can do things differently and, and, and how, you know, especially when they're in this environment here, things can improve. Yeah, we did. A, I'll follow up and say we did a uh, we did a. Um, I won't go into the detail. We did we did a recap call with Pro with Alan Black, who's the guy who who's our assigner and, and runs that that aspect of it. At least for now, I don't know if you guys have seen. There's a lot going on with that right now in MLS, and that's a whole other thing. I won't go into, but I, and I don't know much about it. But what I would say is that commu the communication has gotten incredibly better um, from 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 both sides of it. I think it starts there. I starts. With, I think it starts with a mutual respect. For 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 me, with that stuff. It's fine as long as we, we have accountability because coaches have accountability, players have accountability, jobs are on the line. Let's make sure that there's accountability. I think as long as we're heading in that direction as a, as a, as a league, um, I think we're, we're heading in a good direction. So I feel, I feel good about where it's at. I'll just say one last thing and then we can move on from refs. But, uh, you know, organizationally a big message from us um, is, you know, we're, we're amongst the best crowds in the league. But from an environment standpoint, our fans are 10 feet uh, from the, the pitch. Uh, on all four sides of the field. And this is a hard place to play. It's a hard place to, to officiate a match. And so um, our message to, to Pro has been more about, um, you know, uh, putting some additional thought into the assignment and what officials are sent to this environment because this is a, a markedly different environment than a lot of other places in the league. Um, and it's a little more intense. And, and uh, you know, it's a great place for uh, younger referees to, to learn from a training ground. But at the same time, um, you, you know, it's probably a better environment for, for more experienced uh, officials that have, that have been in um, louder, more raucous environments. So, Mitch? It wasn't mentioned in the follow-up call. So we did like a season recap call with the league um, in pro um, last week. And it wasn't mentioned. Um, we focused on League One. We focused on their initiatives that they filled us in on, on their initiatives for, for what they're trying to do. You know, they, there's, there's been, for me, the thing that I've been impressed with with pro is that they've been really, um, really um, open, really open about t t telling us what their initiatives are. And trying to make things better, they know that they know that it's not perfect, uh, you know, and they know that um, they're they're doing their best to, to make things as best as, as best as possible. And I think as long as that's happening, whatever's going on, I'm sure if it does, if something comes up where there's a strike in MLS, there will be an effect. I would I would have to imagine there would be some sort of effect um, for us. But time will tell. We, we try not to focus on that. Let's focus on on the on, on the stuff we can control, and and we go from there.
Yeah, um, we're, we're really upset that the league didn't pass the naming rights fee for, for calling their new uh, DEI program USL Forward. No, I, I, um, yeah, I, I think it's a, a great program. Uh, it's a, a mentorship, a residency program. Um, we're excited to be one of the inaugural teams participating. And all that credit should go to Matt Glazer and John Pascarella for um, picking up the phone when, when, when the league called and embracing it. And, and uh, we're excited to have Troy McCarroll here with us. Troy's the head coach at Des Moines Menace, which is perennially <coughs> one of the top um, League Two clubs in, in all of the USL and a, a great program. Uh, JP used to actually be the, the head coach uh, at Des Moines. Um, so we're excited. Uh, Troy will be with us, um, uh, you know, for a few weeks in the preseason and be working with our coaching staff, learning from our coaching staff, and uh, we think it's a great program. Uh, I, I want to recognize Chris Busey at the USL, um, who is now leading the, the DEI efforts um, and is doing a good job in a short order of time to really get these things going. So it's a great, great program by, by, by the league. If you look at the league, the league has a, a major issue as it relates to diversity of coaches. It, 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 it's bad, and it needs to improve. And this is a really good first step. I think we got to go, Mitch. Thanks. We were done at 7. Go ahead, Mitch. It's like th these types of things are normal, you know, like um, when you go like I myself will go and spend time with with, uh, you know, coaches in higher levels and and, uh, and see what they do. It's, it's a big co like coaching education and, and uh, certainly from a diversity standpoint, the, the, this league initiative for me is, is so it's so important. It's so important what we're doing with this. I think uh, having a guy like Troy in with us for a couple of weeks is going to be fantastic. And I'm not concerned, you know, I'm not concerned about that. That's kind of, we all, look, as coaches, we all steal from each other. Uh, we all, this is part of it. And uh, when it comes time to compete, the, the players decide the, the games, you know, at the end of the day. So, um, you know, as, as much as we, we want to feel like it's, it's all, it's all our, our on the whiteboard. Um, so, no, I, no concerns there at all. And uh, also, he had to sign an NDA, so. <laughs> I think to that point, though, like we, we have a responsibility to grow the game, and uh, we, we think it, you know, we're excited to have Troy. And if we play him, that, that'll even, you know, make the game even better. Anything else? <laughs> I, I mean, I, you know, uh, I guess we're nothing other than honest. Uh, maybe we should have put more time thinking about it. We haven't thought much about it. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's, you know, there's a market. There's a market for everything, right? There's a market for our tickets. There's a market for players. There's a market that you can buy a car. I mean, there's a market, and we got to react to the market. Um, I think the interesting thing long term, um, candidly, is, is the sustainability of the lower divisions. And uh, um, the, the losses right now at, at our level are significant. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're all trying to figure out the, the model long term. Um, I think we're really fortunate because we have amazing fan support. We're extremely stable and we're, we're on the top end of revenue. And we're closer, uh, we're fortunately closer to figuring out the model. Uh, more quickly than, than, than most anybody else in, in League One. But um, 
you know, at some point there's a, a viability question that needs to be asked is salaries keep rising and, and, and maybe revenue's not rising at the same pace. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to watch it uh, play over time. I think, um, you know, we, 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 we don't want to um, contribute to the arms race. We don't want to lead the arms race. Uh, but at the same time, we're always going to be competitive here, and we're going to. Th this ownership group's going to commit to doing what we need to do to be competitive, and, and we think we've uh, positioned ourselves this year to be competitive, and uh, we'll react to the market uh, in future years. Well said. Any players you have your eye on to fill the uh, six? Uh, the 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 cello Martinez. The cello. Yeah, like I said, we have four four central midfield players signed. Um, I think they can all play a six. For me, I value. I don't know. Maybe you guys know this by now. Versatility is a big. Adaptability, versatility is big for me. I, I don't really I don't really like the idea of a, a number six. I, I don't think that that exists in in the modern game. I think. Um, I think you have to be able to be a midfield player. You have to be a, mid a midfield player. A six has to be able to join in the attack. We, oftentimes we play in a double pivot in the midfield. So if, if one's going, one's staying, they have to be able to defend. They have to be able to attack. Uh, Cello is a great player and, uh, and, uh, and a tough to, tough to uh, replace for sure. But I think we have a lot of quality. I think we have a lot of quality in that position and guys that are versatile and can, do, can, can, can break plays up, can get involved in the attack, help us build. Um, I'm really happy with, uh, with where we're at. All right, maybe one more question here. Uh, let's see here if I can operate this. Uh, hello, Ford Madison. I have a question. There are clubs that are building modular training facilities that are quick to build, cheap, and have all the uh, please define cheap um, <laughs> have all the necessary features uh, for a professional soccer team. What are the hurdles that prevent some teams in the league from investing in such facilities? Um, we, we made no secret, I think, in our last town hall that, that we didn't think that the pitch here at Bree Stevens Field um, is, is our long-term training plan for the players. And so um, we looked at several options. Uh, you know, I'll just address to, to the, the, the person asking the question. I think the issue is always finding, you know, it all starts with the pitch. You've got to find a place with a good pitch uh, that's of the quality that pro players expect. Um, and then the facility and everything that comes around it, um, you know, I don't want to say that's the easy, easy part, but that's easier than locating a high-quality pitch. Um, because of our climate here, um, we don't have really, really a high-quality grass pitch that's accessible, that, that, that's currently accessible. Um, it would take a significant investment to rebuild. Uh, it would take land to do that. Um, there's a couple turf pitches that are in better condition, candidly, than ours. Um, we pursued uh, both of those options in the offseason. And uh, we haven't finalized uh, an agreement, but I think we're close to finalizing an agreement where you'll see our players, uh, for the bulk of the summer months, train off-site and, and, and be on a, a newer surface that'll uh, hopefully, um, you know, help their, their joints, their, their, their lower body, and uh, be better uh, from a durability and sustainability standpoint uh, over the course of the year. With that being said, I think we only had one, one injury. Uh, yeah. The entire season, so so John Pascarella and the coaches did a great job of, of keeping the guys healthy. One one, one, so, uh, one soft, soft tissue, tissue yeah. one soft yeah more than one but one soft tissue injury. Uh, but we are gonna you know um, invest in, in getting the guys offside a little bit and in getting in a different <laughs> environment that'll hopefully preserve for the long haul. Yeah, so we, we announced, uh, I think, uh, earlier this past week that we'll be playing UW in our, our annual. 
um, exhibition, uh, the Battle for Madison. That'll be uh, on April 20th. Um, and then, uh, you know, um, we're, we're close in the next few weeks here announcing uh, likely a, a Liga Expansion uh, friendly in the, month of, in the month of July. And uh, with the reduction of the league schedule from 15 league matches between League Cup and regular season, uh, we're, we're down to 15 from 16 a year ago. If you're a season ticket holder, you have an 18-game package. So we'll be adding an additional friendly as well, um, either in June or July. Any other questions? I just want to wrap by thank thank Matt for his time and, and, and uh, you know great insight and candor. I want to thank all of you for being here and those of you that signed in uh, online to join us. Um, and uh, you know once again, I want to just thank everybody that supports this club. I think the community initiatives and the community support and the money that we've raised together is doing good things in the community, and we look forward to doing more of that this year. So appreciate everybody's time, and great to have you here. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks for listening, folks, and uh, thanks for downloading, listening, follow. Um, if you want to get all this stuff in your inbox, uh, all these announcements, and we're also going to have uh, game recaps of most games. I'm not going to recap every game, probably, just because I know I've got some other, uh, i got some trips and some camping and some family stuff going on for some of these weekends. But most games I'm going to try to recap pretty quickly after the game and drop into the newsletter. So if you want those and you want announcements as they come, um, sign up for the newsletter. It's at talkinflock.substack.com. Talking Flock. That's talking with no G. Talkinflock.substack.com. And if you just love the sound of my voice and want to hear my voice along with some other fantastic voices, talking not about soccer so much, but about the news around Madison and around Wisconsin, uh, listen to my new. Uh, weekly podcast is from my my day job. If you don't know, my day job is I'm executive editor at Madison 365, which is a local nonprofit news outlet here in town in Madison. Uh, we cover most of Wisconsin. We cover all of Wisconsin, really. Um, but we have a we have a new weekly podcast that drops every Friday, and it's called 365 Amplified. So give that a, a listen. Uh, wherever you're listening to this, you can also find 365 Amplified every Friday. In our uh, first edition last week, we talked about the uh, the Kayla Claire story about the Pretendian who I uncovered, or I didn't uncover. I, I, I broke the story in the news, but some other folks uncovered that. And um, but we talked about race fraud in Madison and what it is about Madison that makes that so so prevalent here in Madison. And we talked about uh, a performance, a play that's coming to Madison College, and um, and then uh, we'll have another episode out this Friday. Um, talking about some other topics about the continuing war on DEI and uh, all sorts of other stuff. So I'll give that a listen again. Three sixty five amplified. Uh, thanks for listening again, and thanks again for Ford Madison. Thanks again to Ford Madison for hosting the town hall. We will see you again real soon.